Oh, it's a good Sabbath day again, isn't it? Appreciate being able to be here, and and uh, potluck lunch is always a great time to. <laughs> we do have some pretty fun evenings when we have the uh, Saturday night fun nights as well. Uh, we mostly do that in the winter time <laughs> um, because it's uh, sun goes down earlier, and we can start the fun earlier. <laughs> um, but we enjoy one another and being with one another. It was always that way when I was young too. I even mentioned to my wife this morning that um, the years gone by, the young people that I was with in church and so on, um, so much fun we had. Even uh, learned a musical instrument with the church believers. That church, Saturday nights or no, it would have been probably Monday night. Yeah, yeah it was Monday nights we always did that. And when the, that no longer happened. We went roller skating on Monday nights. <laughs> we had the building to ourselves. You know, kind of <laughs> uh, overwhelmed with the Sabbath keepers. In <laughs> uh, Linden, Linden, Washington, I guess it was, where we used to go. Uh, so, what I'm trying to do with a lot of my um, preparations and lessons and, and in sermons and in and uh, Sabbath school lessons as well as study lessons for the future. Um, Searchlight Bible Correspondence Course has been turned into our, our uh, means of joining the church to study that so that we're all on the same page to know what's going on. And anybody new would find out that uh, uh, what's going on and uh, what do they teach, what do they really believe. Uh, that's, that's what we want to be upfront with not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Well, one thing we need to do too is to make sure that we're doing uh, this teaching of salvation to others, to other believers. So um, I had a paper years ago and it had steps to salvation. And I thought, well, we already use that word in other places, steps to, so steps to salvation. I blew it up a little because of my need, but you can shrink this and do it the other way, fold it up and put it in your coat pocket or your purse or something. And then when you meet people and you say, if I just had a special verse, I could do that. I could um, just look this up quick like or have a home Bible study. So the sermon for today is part three. They, oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> well, I didn't know what else to call it when you start taking longer and longer, you know, step part three. So... Um, I went from, uh, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm even wrong on that. I better look at this paper over here. It's actually um, part four. And I got mixed up with two, calling it a part or a, or a, a step or, you know, just what, what would you call these extra sermons? And uh, so I did three uh, and... Uh, Called it section six, I think. So I hope I'm not getting <laughs> lost in some of this too. But uh, on this paper, if if you want a copy of this, you can just we can copy it here at church, and uh, I can get you a clean copy too, rather than this one. But that way, if you run into a situation where you need to talk to somebody about salvation, uh, about faith, about what was one oh uh, repentance. Say, well, I, I wished I had this repentance down pat. I wished I had more verses in a place where I could get at it real easily. So I thought, okay, 
Uh, I'll blow this up for my use, but we can also reproduce it very easily for, for the church families and those that would like to get it. There's 11 pieces. If I told you ahead of time there's 11 parts to this sermon, <laughs> uh, don't, don't rush out. <laughs> Lunch will be still bad. Um, but I'm doing it in pieces, so uh, I did repentance first. Uh, and then I thought, you know, I should have started at the beginning. Because there's kind of two repentances. One, when you first realize there's a God. And you realize sin and righteousness and so on. That's an awareness to the condition of sin. And you need to be convicted of that. That's a type of repentance. And then you go to condemnation for where you're at in your life. Then the next step would be repentance. So that's why I say there's kind of two repentances. One to come out, come out of it, to look up and find out where you are. And one when you get serious with God. You really sit down with, with God and say, I'm sorry. I did this and I did that. And then there's a confession to God, which is part of that repentance, right? They're kind of closely linked, right? So um, uh, confession to God, a confession before men is when you tell people, I've really done this. I really believe this needs to be done and I'm, I'm doing it. Or I'm being baptized and that's like signing the contract. You know, these, these sorts of things. And then there's an atonement um, of satisfactory repentance, re, uh, recompense and recognition uh, between the Heavenly Father and mankind, uh, the atonement. And then um, that was uh, last week. So this would be conversion and regeneration. And then there's a couple more names afterwards, justification, holiness, and sanctification. That's where all this 11 comes in. So let's go to today's sermon. And I'm hoping to do two pieces of this because I've got all the verses written out. And uh, if in trouble or if my mind comes back and says, I need more of that verse, I can do that too very easily because I got lots of red marks in here. These are, it gets me into trouble somewhat. I, oh, the green ones were better than the... <laughs> you know. uh, this is very important to mark your textbook. This is our textbook. When you come back to those verses, you say, oh, I remember when that was in bright orange or that was in uh, bright pink or green or blue or something. You want a lighter color so you can read through it. Or you have to underline very carefully right under the words. Uh, sometimes you can just color over it and you can read through it just fine. So these kind of helps, will help you in your God-given job to witness to others, right? We need to be witnessing to, to those around about us and telling about Christ. So it's steps to salvation for ourselves, but then we need to give it away. We need to talk about it. We need to witness to others. And one of those pieces was called um, conversion, conversion uh, to the divine law, which is an agent of conversion, Con conversion. So I wrote dictionary, and you have to think of these words of converting. If you're converting somebody else, what, what does that mean? What are you doing to that person? What, what's he expected to do? What are you expected to do? if you're reading it from your side. And the, uh, the next part to that is uh, words like it. Uh, convert and converted 
and conversion. Uh, if you can tie those all together and think of the um, uh, before and after or while you're doing it, you know, you, what part of this are you in, um, then, then it makes sense. Otherwise, sometimes you say, well, I converted to such and such. And the other person looks at you, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, what did you give up? What did you change to? Well, that's true. But we need to think of why we're doing it and what it, what's good for, what's best for us personally and to get right with the Heavenly Father. So those words all come into it uh, as a dictionary type thing that we need to look at occasionally. So one of the first verses I've got under conversion is in Psalm uh, 19, verse 7. By the way, all of those verses that I've been giving you are on this other sheet. So it can be shrunk down so that you can put it in a very small place and have a lot of verses with you. So when you go to talk with somebody, you think, oh, if I could just remember that Psalms, where was that one? You, you got it written down. You got it on the paper. So you're welcome to have those. Psalm 19, verse 7, reads this way. The law of the Lord is perfect. Oh, wait a minute. Now, some people are saying you don't have to keep God's laws. They're not right. They're not good for us or something. Now, what do you do with that verse? Is his law perfect? Then we better pay attention. So here we go again. The law of the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's the Heavenly Fathers. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. It'll do something to us when we read God's laws and we say, wow, we've got a phenomenal God. And he gave us laws that are good for us. That's Bible. That's Bible verse gave us laws that are good for us. The testimony of the Lord is sure, stable, standing, solid, so on. making wise the simple. I think about that sometimes. If we give something, to give salvation to somebody, we actually give them a whole lot of wealth. Oh, you become the sons of God. You'll be a brother and sister to Christ. Wow, what can you give that person more valuable than that? I mean, wow. It's making wise the simple. The laws of God, the ways of God, the books of... The financing in the Bible is a big deal, and yet it never comes out as a total subject. You need to read more of the Bible, and all of a sudden you get wise. Not just Solomon's wise, but all over the Bible is all about wisdom. Wow, that is really good. We can give that to somebody. Making wise the simple. Simple people, down-to-earth people, the farmers we used to say or whatever. I was a farmer's boy. <laughs> uh, God can make us wise. The statues, that's part of the laws. When you read in the Old Testament that the statues, uh, that Abraham did this and, and so on and so on. Uh, the statues of God, well, they're, they're taught parts of the law, the way of wording pieces of the law. The statutes of the Lord are right. Period. Exclamation mark. They're right. Good for you. Rejoicing the heart. Amazing. You're going to read rules and you're going to be happy about it? Amen. Right on. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. How, how can we get to the New Testament and somebody try to run down the laws that they're, they're not for you, you don't have to do them, or you don't do Oh, no, no. 
okay, something's wrong in that thinking. The commandments of the Lord is pure. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. I could use all of that. But it'll turn our thinking differently. The, the law keepers, law people of the Jesus time, they went after Jesus, accusing him and attacking him and seeing if they could find fault with him. That's a wrong logic. That's not what this is about. It's supposed to be enlightening the eyes so that you could see through that blindness and stupidity of some of the things that they tried to accuse Jesus of. Tried to find fault with him. Tried to find a false witness. Where's that logic come from? Not from Heavenly Father. The fear of the Lord is clean. Wow. Enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. That's amazing. We can get happy about that. Because if not, we're in big trouble. If you had a bad ruler or a bad judge or bad whatever you want to look up, and now you're going to have to live with that and his rules and his ways? No, our Heavenly Father is pure and clean and proper and judgments are, are justice, mercy, and so on. Amen. Way to go. Heavenly Father is good to us. Another one, another verse that I want to go to immediately on this idea of conversion, the reason for converting and, and making a conversion as part of your being you start looking in the New Testament, you want to find similar things. So, excuse me, in Matthew 18, verse 3 through 6, there's short verses, so here we go. Matthew 18, 3. And I say, verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, except, so we must do this, except we be converted, and be as little children ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Must be real important. If people can be blocked from getting in or allowed to get in by how they act and behavior, what kind of conversion they have. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. God values humbleness. And whoso shall receive such a little one, child, in my name, receiveth me. If you took a person in, children are so important to the Heavenly Father, but if you drew in a, a child, a young person, and you taught them righteousness and put them on a right path and gave them all these blessings, wow, you're going to be blessed of the Heavenly Father, but you'll have received Christ as well. But whoso shall offend one of the little ones which believe in me, in Christ, it shall be better for him that a millstone would be hung about his neck and that he would be drowned in the depths of the sea. God loves children. And he wants again to have children singing and dancing, jumping up and down, playing in the streets of Jerusalem and not have soldiers all over the place trying to protect it. God doesn't want this war and problems and you, you name it. He doesn't want all of that. He wants the little children to be safe and to be happy and enjoy life. So he's, that verse is there for us, for admonition. In uh, Luke 22, 
and verse 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, overwhelm, squeeze you to death. Uh, he's going to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Satan's desires are just to destroy. But I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not, and thou shalt, pardon me, and when, oh, yep, I should have not missed a step on this one. Satan wants to destroy Peter, Simon, Simon Peter. And he said, he's going to shift you like he's going to find a way of destroying you. But Jesus has prayed for Peter. Boy, I sure like him praying to me and mentioning my name before the Heavenly Father. Right? That your faith fail not. Some people say, oh, you, you say one or two words and then you can never fail. What does this mean then? There is a possibility of falling back, giving up. The Bible uses backsliders, uses that name. But Jesus is praying that we won't fail, but it won't fail. Fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He had been with Jesus three and a half years. Wow. And Jesus says to him, when thou art converted. This stuff of converting and converted is extremely important. Large decisions, strong decisions have to be made. That's what it's all about. He doesn't want people dilly-dallying and losing and whatever. You, you pray that you are doing right, that you will know what's right and stand by what's right. And then when that happens, strengthen thy brethren. You're supposed to be strong enough to defend your brother in the faith and to teach him the faith and to know the faith. I've had people that have been in church many years, more than three, and they say, no, I, I couldn't teach a class because uh, I don't know enough to do it. Well, why not? You can ask. You can read the Bible. You can gain knowledge. You can t take somebody that's already made a list. Study that. It, this is all Bible. This is very few standard English words. It's all Bible. That's what you want. You don't want somebody's ideas and, and philosophies. Okay. If you went to uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 19... Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. There's so many times when something urgent is going to happen. Well, be sure you're ready first. That's what's important. So we need to repent of ourselves, make it right our, ourselves with the Lord and be ready to talk to others and be converted Make sure that we know where we're going and what we're doing and why. And then convert to that, that standard of the Bible. That your sins may be blotted out. And we want our sins blotted out. We don't want any written down somewhere that we're going to have to face later, right? We want them blotted out. That when the times of refreshing, whatever's coming in the future, when Jesus returns, or any other circumstances that go along, uh, when the time starts coming present to the Heavenly Father and to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we want to be ready to meet him. Okay, let's go to James chapter 5, verse 19 
and I'll add verse 20. In James 5, verse 19, it reads this way. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, you can err from the truth. That's backsliding. That's going the wrong way. Err from the truth. And one convert him. Uh, I don't know what doesn't say here. Grab him by the neck and point him in the right direction. Give him a kick in the pants. Or, you know, it doesn't say this, right? But we need to find a way. We need to know the way to convert him again back to righteousness. And this is not really again in such a way because there's something that had fallen from the faith and it's not possible to restore them once they've left because they've crucified Christ afresh. Oh boy. We don't want to let this brother get that far. We want to catch him up, straighten him out. One, convert him. Somebody has to go and talk with him and convert him back to the true faith before it's too late. And then let him, that person that's going to do the converting, let him know that he which converteth a sinner from his heir of his way shall have saved a soul from death and shall uh, hide a multitude of sins. This it's kind of, Bible uh, English is often a little bit back to front, you know, it makes you think a little extra, <laughs> okay? But if you save this soul, what's going to happen? You save him from death. How can you save more and hide a multitude of sins? This man stands, or this person stands in front of a whole line of family line. And those that come after him. Wow, if you could get it done right here, do it right. This person will go on saving his family line. Isn't that neat? You know, wow, I didn't realize that. Hide the multitudes in. It's, it's not hiding in a way of God can't find it. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. That's not right. <laughs> this just means that it's not going to exist. Those sins will never come up because the person corrects themselves. They are converted. And these problems won't come up because they don't let themselves get there. Isn't that wonderful? God's trying to beat, you know, get it right before it's done, before anything more happens. So you can save your family. Pray for your family and, and relatives. Okay, so uh, the part B to this sermon. That wasn't too hard, was it? <laughs> uh, lunch is still coming, right? <laughs> um, part B on this is regeneration. You've been converted, but how do you regenerate? How do you restart? Uh, get something going again. Um, born of the Spirit? Yeah. You want the Heavenly Father. You want Jesus. You want the Holy Spirit's guidance. Holy Spirit will come and teach you all things. Remember, the Holy Spirit will bring the scriptures that Jesus has used from the Old Testament. And so he'll bring that to you. You'll be up on on what's going on, what words to use, what righteousness to use. You can be born of the Spirit, and the Spirit can help you. The Holy Spirit of God can help you to talk to other people, witness about it. In Ezekiel 36 and verse 26, it reads this way, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart from your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. 
a tender heart, a gentle heart, calmness, peace. The Spirit is love, joy, peace, and gentleness. That's, that's what he's wanting to give us. And that's referred to as a fleshly heart, a soft, moldable person that can serve the Lord um, and accept things that are, are of the Spirit and of God. Verse 27 says, And I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and I will keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Something here in judgments, our standard, our way of living, our way of thinking, our standards that we put for ourselves and, and for the world around us and, and what we know about the Heavenly Father, those are sometimes called judgments. The way we standardize things, the way we think of things. Um, what would God do? What would Jesus do? Um, and he'll put them in us and we will be able to walk in his statutes be just normal for us. We, we know right and wrong. We're going to choose right and we're just going to stay on that path and live righteously. Live right. That's, that's Old Testament. This Old Testament is actually what the, what the 12 apostles were preaching when they went out. And their students went out and taught the same thing. From the, old, the new hadn't been written yet. They were in the process of writing it down. The book of Acts was in action. Okay. Another verse here in New Testament is John 3. And then use 3 through 5. So John 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Something here is extremely important. If it cannot help you get into the kingdom of God, you have to be able to be born again. So you better look it up. That's what Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about, right? A man must be born again, be converted, and be regenerated. That's where we're at, right? So verse 4 says, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Common understanding. This man is saying, I, I, I'm hearing you but I don't see it fitting. I've got to see a little more. So verse 5, And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Something here is very, very important that you can't get in unless. When Jesus came, he left us an example. What did he do about the water? He went and got baptized. That's what he did. There was the water. And what happened next? The Spirit of God came as a dove and landed on. What happened in, the, in Acts? And the, the Spirit came and was like fire all over them. And they talked with languages. And they, um, you know, something happens, something exciting happens when the Spirit is there as well as the water baptism. The Hebrew people of the Old Testament, they knew something of baptism you kind of wonder why and what. I wish there was a little more to learn, but not important to us. When John the Baptist started baptizing people in water, how did he know to do that? Where did he get that idea? Interesting. And they accepted it. They understood what he was doing. That was a conversion, an acceptance of a new, new way, a new behavior, a new standard for your life. And he said, okay, 
If that's what it takes, I'll get baptized. And I'll go and get baptized. It was important enough that Jesus got baptized. And we're to walk in his steps. Follow him. Another verse here is in Titus 3, verse 4, 5, actually verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. There you go, you got both of them there. We needed to be regenerated, started over. Get us going on the right path. In 1 Peter 1 verse 23, reads this way, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We're born again. I've even heard church people of some variety that said you should never say that born again word. This Bible why can't I use this? It's because they don't understand it. That's sad. Being born again, changed. Not to follow a corruptible seed, somebody that's going to die after a while and it's going to be, are we going to follow only in the death and only in the dying of a grain of grass, a grain of wheat? Um, incorruptible is talking about Jesus Christ. He never sinned. You going to follow him? Right. He never sinned. Never even spoke violently or um, weirdly to people. He, he was uh, incorruptible in every way and we we're expected to follow his path and abide, should abide with that, uh, that idea forever. Then we want to go to First uh, John chapter 3 and 1, 2, 3, 4. And I still love that brother that always says, it's so simple to understand salvation. He says, just one, two, three, four. So he said, First John, chapter 2, and, and verse 3 and 4. Now this is different. Look them both up. Okay, try that out. Try what First John, chapter 2, and verse 3 and verse 4. Try that sometime. You can write it right in there and read that. It's amazing. It's, it's there. It's good. But right now I just need 1 John chapter 3 and verses 1, 2, 3, 4. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. We're, we're supposed to be amazed and think about it, challenge ourselves. Do we really understand the depth of that meaning? That we should be called the sons of God He's going to let us be sons of God. It even says in some place that we're adopted and we're able to say daddy to him. Wow. To the Heavenly Father. He wants us. He's trying to get us, actually. If we'll just give that direction a try. <laughs> just get right with the Heavenly Father. That we should be called the sons of God. Wherefore the world knoweth us not, because they knew him not. The world didn't want the Heavenly Father. You can start in the very beginning and they, they start going against the Heavenly Father, wanting to go their own way. Uh, and you can go all the way through the Bible and there's always somebody going the wrong way. Because we hear both sides of the story when we listen to the, to the Scriptures. Because they knew Him not. That's sad. 
they don't know their creator. They don't know how wonderful he is, what he's done for them, what he built for them, and given it to them, and, and they don't want it. Verse 2, Behold, now are, are we the sons of God, it, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we, shall, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall, shall see him as he is. So this is talking about Jesus. It's sometimes a little difficulty with, with the he and we. <coughs> but we can get that from this, that we're going to be the sons of God, and he wants us to know him and to be with him, and, and uh, uh, he's going to do things for us. That We don't know what it's going to be like. We don't know exactly the whole story. It hasn't been all spelled out. This is going to be this way, and this is going to be this way. But if we're a son of God, that's going to be the good thing. If we look exactly like Jesus, we don't know. Does it matter? Not really, as long as we're there. <laughs> when the roll is called up yonder, will you be there? Yeah, we want to be there. So we don't know exactly. We're not going to be able to spell out, this is what our bodies are going to look like. Uh, some, try to say, some try to say that when we uh, come back to this beautiful body that it will look like we're 21 years old, you know, the best of health and the best of this and that. Well, that's a wild guess because, you know, it isn't there in the book. Right? Uh, but it's going to be good, whatever it is. We want to be there. We shall be like him, like Jesus Christ. He was 33, 33 and a half when he died. You know, do we look at that age or 21? I mean, I mean, these are things we don't have to worry about. We don't know what it's going to appear, what we're going to be like. But we shall be like him. The big thing, that we'll be a son of the Heavenly Father. Amazing. And Jesus as our brother. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. We are supposed to be pure. That's another verse. And then it says we purify ourselves. Well, somebody, oh, no, 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 they don't want to hear that. Yeah, we got a job to do. It's right here. You know, make sure that this guy's doing right and that he's going to be there. When, we, when the role is called up yonder, I want to be there. Okay, those kind of words come up in songs and so on, but it's true. We need to take care of number one first and then win others to come to the faith as well. Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. We need to be law abiders. We need to be good people, honest people, pure people, Righteous people, it's, it's, we're supposed to be. And if we're having trouble with it, we're supposed to pray. And if you have a brother that has a problem, we're supposed to get in there and help. Help him overcome the wicked one. So First John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. For everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. Think about love, righteous love, proper love, well behavior. Um, there it is. And you know, you can look at that First John chapter 4 and read before and after this verse, and there's a whole lot of words about love. We need to understand that, read it properly. So First John 5, see I'm in First John here a bit. Chapter 5, First John 5, verses 1 to 5. 
Whosoever believeth that Christ, that, that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. If you can truly say that you understand that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Savior, if you understand why you believe that, he is born of God. Okay, that's how you get there. Oh, and I should throw one thing in here. The book of 1 John and 2 John and 3 John, but mainly 1 John, it's a test. When you complete a course, you always have a test. It's the test. And it says, if this and this and this is true, then you're okay. You're in. And that's always good to know when you're talking about spiritual things. Are you doing this? Do you love your brothers in Christ? Do you love Jesus Christ? Do you love the Heavenly Father? And it's yes, yes. And that means you're in. You're going to get 100% on the test. <laughs> so, very neat to do. So, 1 John uh, verse, chapter 5 and verse 1 to 5. Whosoever believeth in Christ, Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth also that is begotten of him. If you love Jesus Christ, you're going to love the Heavenly Father. That should be automatic, but you need to make sure that you're doing it. If you love the Heavenly Father and haven't really thought on how deeply you love Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, you better get that done too. Make sure that you love him. And why do you love him? Okay, we keep going here. By this we know, okay, there's the check mark. This we know, that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Ah, if this is done, and this is done, and this is done, then this is true. Now let's read that again. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. The commandments are connecting with loving God, loving Heavenly Father. Wow, okay. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. If you had a list of rules that you just struggled with and just couldn't get over and you couldn't, that wouldn't be any fun. We're supposed to be able to love the Heavenly Father, love His ways, or love the Scriptures, love the Word of God. That, that should come normal. But if we do that, for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And that's, we'd like to have that. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith, something you can't see, but you know it's there. It's like the wind, you know it's there. The trees are blowing, you know the wind is there. We don't know what it's made out of. I guess mankind now could say it's got dust in it and so on. But if we have that faith in the Heavenly Father, faith that will overcome the world, the wickedness of the world, who is he that overcometh the world? but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Belief in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of the Heavenly Father. Right. So don't, don't be afraid to get into John, 1 John, and find these challenges. Who is he that does this? For, for this we know, this we, we understand, this we know. Uh, look those up and satisfy yourself that you're doing it right. 
and it'll give you peace of mind, it'll give you that security feeling that you belong to the Heavenly Father, you belong to the household of faith, that you're these people that would rather do righteously even if it took their lives. Because back in Bible days, in the uh, first 50 years of, of this thousands, uh, when Jesus died at about 33 and a half years old himself, and they say after Christ and before Christ, that's the measuring point. Um, they were teaching this, and they believed it, and they understood it, and we need to do the same. Accept Christ as our Savior, and be converted, and regenerate. Make sure that we're regenerated with renewness of the Holy, Holy Spirit. May God bless you.